0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Among the many issues and challenges we have in our society today, and in our communities today, is a struggle with identity. There's a problem of an identity crisis. And on a popular level, on a level that we might notice a lot, these days especially, Comes to be known in those individuals who seem to no longer be able to define fundamental differences in human biology. There's a struggle to identify as either a man or a woman or a number of different possibilities in between. And it's overwhelming. Some people might say that is just a fringe of society and it's due to mental illness. And I'm not a psychologist, I'm not an expert on the matter, so I'm not going to preach about that. Even though that might be, there might be some truth to that, there's much more we can say about this identity crisis based on what we do know about human nature and also about what we know regarding what God has revealed to us about the end of humans, about the fulfillment of humans, what he's revealed to us in his plan of salvation. And this identity crisis is not just with those who are struggling with things like gender or definitions of human biology. It's also with individuals who stake their entire life around maybe something like their job or any role they inhabit. Or any activities they have going on in their life, any role they have in their life. This problem is also with those whose lives revolve around those things. Now, focusing on our jobs and our relationships is a good thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Those things ought to be focused on, and there's a healthy level when it comes to those matters. But for us, for us baptized Christians, there's so much more to say about our lives there's so much more to say about the direction of our lives because there's a reality that comes with our baptism there's a reality that comes with our participation in that sacrament and that reality is that we are baptized into the family of god we become sons and daughters in the son of god we become members of our lord's mystical body We're given Christ Himself. We're given the opportunity to become like Him. We're given the opportunity to become sons and daughters as He was a faithful Son of God. How was He a faithful Son of God? By giving Himself completely to God, to the the Father's will, and also by giving Himself completely over to us for the sake of our salvation. And when we're sons and daughters of this Heavenly Father, In the same way that we have an inheritance from our earthly parents, we also have an inheritance that comes from God. And this inheritance is not something we take for ourselves. It is given to us. That is very important to notice. It is given to us. It's not something you take for yourself. And this gospel passage we're hearing today Christ is describing what it means to be baptized to this Pharisee that comes to him named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus responds by saying, all right, you're telling me seeing the kingdom of God requires a new birth. How am I supposed to be born again? Through natural means, by entering a second time into my mother's womb? Nicodemus, his mind, hasn't reached the transcendence of sacramental theology at this point, but Christ is introducing him to it. Christ is introducing him to baptism. Christ is introducing him to the reality of divine life that's given to us, not something we take for ourselves. For us human beings, as Augustine says, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. We have this desire that can never be fulfilled by material things, because material things end. Material things can not provide infinite happiness. I hope we all know that, or if we don't, we come to know that at some point soon. So we have this desire for something infinite, and we try our best, by whatever means necessary in our lives, to grasp at that desire, to grasp at its fulfillment. But we can't do that through natural means. The restless human heart is fulfilled by what comes from God, what is given to us from God, the divine life that God desires to share with us. And I think back to what I said about this identity crisis, in part it's due to the ridiculous amount of access we have to information. And. It comes in the format of a refresh, refresh rate of every five seconds through this device that we carry around in our pockets all the time. I'm not saying technology is evil by its nature. Technology can be used for many good things. But to know this for me and not good for you is unnatural. To know this much all the time is not good for me and not good for you. To know everything belongs to only one being. that is God alone. So this desire to know everything, this range of influences that's placed before us everywhere we look, is not good for us. And no wonder it's led to people being uncertain about how to identify, something as basic about how to identify biologically. There's so much coming at us from all directions, and we think that by reaching out for it in this horizontal plane by natural means we can fulfill ourselves and then we forget the most fulfilling and precious identity of all that is given to us and that's our christian identity that comes to us in our baptism our inclusion into the family of god the most firm grounding that we can have the identity that lasts past everything to be a christian to be a christian mother a christian father a Christian student, a Christian business owner, is better than being a secular version of all of those things because it gives those things meaning. It carries those things farther than the natural wor- world can carry them. So, if this is all placed before us, we should ask ourselves, especially for us as parents, how are we raising our children? How are we growing up in this world? How are we maturing in this world? What kind of identity are we choosing to carry with us? Are we raising our kids just as students? Just as people from certain, a certain culture? Just as future lawyers or engineers or whatever? Or as Christians? As sons and daughters of a Heavenly Father who gives them an inheritance that's more valuable than anything in this world because it carries them into an eternal, eternal union with their creator. Brothers and sisters, as we approach the altar of our Lord today to receive his body and blood, let us remember our own baptism. As we say the creed today in the mass, let us remember the things that we believe. And if we have questions about the things that we believe by virtue of our baptism, no problem. Go ahead and find out. There's resources everywhere. Go ahead and ask. There's resources everywhere. Let us be thankful when we approach the Eucharist today because it is the body and blood of our Lord that includes us as members of his mystical body through our baptism. And let the waters of our baptism continue to cleanse us throughout the rest of our lives, not only from original sin, as they did at the moment of our baptism, but from every other influence that confuses us in this world. Amen.